Have you ever wondered that why do people say that you should take part in n number of activities that happen at university or school? Why should you be exploring the opportunities that the university or your school provides you? Well, a very good example is our guest speaker story today. Welcome to my first TED ever. This is the eighth episode, and I am so excited. Today we have someone really young, someone we can identify with, and he has done lots in his life just in past five or six years. Besides having an academic background in science and biotech, our guest speaker has been involved in numerous university associations and activities as a mentor and case expert, specializing in entrepreneurship and business. extremely proactive and energetic person who has also participated in boot camps think tank and called and has also been a guest lecturer at the Rattrop University and been awarded a business scholarship that resulted in him representing Victoria University at the European Innovation Academy in Italy woo so today our guest speaker is Jaren Capanelis and just one interesting bit that i want to tell about his interesting fact so the reason i really wanted to have him on our show today is that he comes from a very different ba- academic background which is science background biotechnology and now he's into innovation entrepreneurship and lots more so it is a great journey that he has taken from one point to the other so let's hear from jaden itself hi jaden hey how you doing i'm good how are you doing i'm good I always ask one question to all my guest speakers. The first question that I ask is that did they ever think of being in the industry that they're in? But with you I want to do it a bit differently and let's start it from the point where you graduated from the University of Melbourne from the science background and tell me how did you get into innovation and entrepreneurship from that point? Okay, so first of all I got into innovation and entrepreneurship Two years into my undergraduate science degree, because um, my best mate at the time came to me, and I was doing backyard PT and all into fitness. And my best mate came to me and he said, "Jaden, let's start a company. I can't get work. I can't get experience. I feel like we should do something about this." So then I did a company with him for three years, and during that time, I ended up graduating from my undergraduate degree. And then I finished that startup because it sort of wound down. There was a lot of reasons why it failed. Obviously, I did a science degree. I didn't do a business degree, so I learned all of the stuff as I was doing the undergraduate, uh, as I was doing my first startup. And then, in my biotechnology degree at Melbourne, I was already doing a startup, a second startup. So when I graduated, I graduated and then was doing the second year of the startup I'm working in now. So I've sort of done everything at the same time and just juggled them. But yeah, after I graduated, I sort of jumped back into. the startup I'm doing now there is a lot of information let's just maybe slow down over here and let's deconstruct this thing because in our show what we really want our listeners to understand is how did someone take their first step towards mm-hmm. any venture because wherever you start out with something i'm sure you understand this that one really really is scared you procrastinate a lot and you don't know how to start and you really don't take the first step so 
and mm-hmm. i really don't know how it was for you how was your mindset so let's start from the very beginning when you started your uh, first venture before mm-hmm. that what really happened you know yeah so I, the first business i ever did was just um a personal training business so i worked for myself and i worked out of home because we had a gym at home so that's when i sort of first learned about managing the different domains of business so understanding marketing um sort of time management uh, interpersonal communication skills with clients like organization so that was like a little taste of business but i never planned on doing full on entrepreneurship or innovation i was sort of planning to go down the med school track and be a doctor when i first went into the whole innovation and entrepreneurship my good it was my best friend that actually i i still blame him today for getting into entrepreneurship because he came to me and he pretty much said let's sort he had a marketing background and because of him um i took the first step with him and because we did it together it wasn't really scary it was sort of fun and exciting um yeah so like we just sort of we went out on the road together we're having coffees meeting with different businesses um yeah when you do it with someone it's not as daunting i think i see that it sort of came naturally to you because first a you had someone with you who had a bit of a knowledge in that field so yeah. you had a trust factor over there and secondly i think i what i see is that you did not really mull over it you did not like you know really uh, think way deeply you just went with the flow is that yes. how it all started yeah definitely because um so entrepreneurs are usually big risk takers they're sort of um they're more open to experience they're more creative so if you're going to do anything it's going to be risky so because I'm a bit of a risk taker it was just i guess that's why i ended up in it otherwise if i wasn't a risk taker i would have said no i wouldn't have spent 3 years trying to start a company i wouldn't have gone broke i wouldn't have loaned money like there would have been a lot of things i just wouldn't have done if i wasn't open in the first place so first of all you just have to be willing to take a risk at the end of the day money comes and goes um time's going to pass anyway you might as well give something a shot is that's my philosophy anyway awesome i think the three points that i can summarize from your story so far is that first that you really don't need to think way too much about certain stuff uh, mm-hmm. so like just start taking actions secondly uh, you must have some sort of calculated risk taken over there like you should mm-hmm. be at least aware of what are you getting into it should not be like completely wild guess yeah. that you're getting into the third thing that you mentioned was that to have that risk taking streak within you so yeah. do you uh, in in the past in the, in that three year phase when you started off your venture with your friend i'm sure you must have gone through really different um uh, met different people and yeah. uh, understood how people deal with each other so do you want to like talk a bit more about this so that our listeners can understand that when they start collaborating mm-hmm. or talking to other people what to look out for or you know where to maybe draw a line if you can take us through that yeah cool um So it like my perspective is going to be a little bit biased because because I was really young I was 21 or 22 the interactions you have with people are different um especially because of ageism people just think because you're young you don't know anything they treat you different so there was that factor as well um but usually like the biggest interpersonal traits that make you successful in entrepreneurship and the reason that my second company is doing well is purely because of um personal networks and If you if you've got high integrity and you're just honest and you do the right thing by people it comes back and the biggest takeaway in terms of people um from my first startup is 
definitely the value of personal networks. Um, it pretty much will make or break your whole business if you know the right person or if you don't know the person you need to know. So it was that, I guess. Amazing. I'm so happy that you did touch on the topic of creating good relationships and maintaining professional relationships because this is something that a lot of uh, university students, recent graduates, and I think even some professionals who have quite experience, I think people still struggle with this. So mm -hmm. I, I understand this is more of a natural thing, but is there anything that you can maybe help them understand to start at least to start building a relationship? Yeah, there's a few things. So I actually wrote a course on interpersonal relationship psychology. It's based, it's nested in interviews, but it pretty much teaches you how to develop rapport with someone, um, how to get them to like you, how to get them to trust you, all that type of stuff. So like even you've got to understand that when you're communicating with people, your body language, and the tone of your voice and the things you say is going to make them like you, dislike you. They're going to trust you or they're not going to trust you. Um, the ability for you to demonstrate empathy is really going to help them sort of relate to you and like you as well. So the thing is, you've really got to understand the under, underlying psychology um, that underpins sort of interpersonal relations. So you've got to put yourself in their shoes and you're just going to do the right thing by them and show them that you're genuine and when your non-verbal body language and your verbal language match up, people know that you're sort of, they know that you've got integrity. They know that what you're saying is what you actually mean. So I guess, I guess if you're going to have good relationships, you need to just be a good person because it's, it's, it's a bit hard. If you're not a good person, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is, that's really, really good piece of advice. Uh, something that I have also been, you know, kind of understanding while I interact with people because when I start interacting with a lot of people and I understand what puts me off or what makes me feel happy and involved. So you learn even while observing, like even right now yes. that we can observe and learn a lot. So yeah, that was a great point that you made over there. Now, I want to ask you this question, which is, I feel one of the most important questions that I ask is that while you started your first, the, the first venture that you started with, and we will talk about the second venture because that's mm -hmm. very interesting. So yeah. while you were there with your first venture, you started off with, did you uh, face difficulties? I suppose. Oh yeah, so much. That was like, the, it was probably three years of the most stressful years of my life. So first of all, I did a Bachelor of Science in Biomedical and Exercise Science. And I went into a business startup, um, sort of aiming to partner with corporates with like no formal business experience. My co-founder was fresh out of uni, he did some marketing. So we had, well, I had no idea about um, what you need to do in business. I pretty much learned everything in my first startup. It was like an undergraduate business degree. So first of all, um, the market research, I didn't conduct because I just didn't really even know about it. Um, Internships in Australia is not a big thing. So the first company we did was centered around internships. Um, if I'd done more market research and qualitative interviews with people, I would have realized that employers have no idea about what getting an intern actually means for their business. They don't know the laws around it. Australian culture is lazy, so people don't want to do it. Um, and it's just like a really small market in Australia. So if I did research, I would have saved myself a lot more difficulty but then again, going through that experience really consolidated that knowledge in me. So there was that. Um, one of the one of the interesting things that happened is actually we um, contracted a web development agency to build our first platform. So it was a tech company that sort of automated internship processes. So the next difficulty was we're not tech savvy. We're not computer scientists. Um, I sort of had to project manage a web a web build with this. 
um, agency we contracted. So there was two, difficulty, two, two difficulties there. One is it wasn't my area of specialty. The other one was there was a person in the uh, agency we contracted that is now getting sued by four or five people because it turns out he's a con man. And a lot wow. of people didn't, yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. Um, he's getting sued by some big companies in Australia and some individuals that I know, including myself. And um, yeah, so that's another thing that you don't expect. You just don't expect some people to be completely um, misguided, but there's that as well. And then another difficulty was my co-founder ended up starting, or he ended up joining his dad's company and left our company. So really you've got to, you've, and that's what made me really um, picky with my next co-founder because you've got to be compatible. You've got to be on the same wavelength. You've got to be in it for the long haul. If someone leaves, um, it sort of leaves you high and dry and you can't run stuff by yourself. So plenty of difficulties. It was the most stressful time of my life, for sure. I see there are a lot of difficulties that you face. There were few that in your, um, what, what you just mentioned, I guess the first thing was that a good research is a mm -hmm. good starting point. It's something yes. that I, can, I think I can take away and share with our listeners. Second is that if what, a person cannot be an expert in every field, so if Definitely. probably you can get help with that if you can. But I think the third thing that happened in your story is something un, unavoidable. There's, I mean, that's the risk that happens in life and I suppose it happened and most of the times we learn the, this way. So mm -hmm. firstly, thank you for sharing that information. Uh, I'm, right. I'm sure that must have been a very, very troubled period for you. So uh, from here, I see that you did not uh, deter from moving ahead. You did open your second venture as well. So. Yes. Can you talk a bit more about how did you overcome those um, challenges or did you succumb to those challenges at that point of time and how did you revive yourself and then come back with a great venture that you have right now? Okay, cool. So first of all, I was deterred and I didn't want to do this and I blame my co-founder for this, but I thank him now. But essentially what happened is after my first startup, I sort of shut down and got really depressed I was really embarrassed. Everyone knew about the startup we were doing and they used to ask how it was and it completely came down and crumbled. Um, and then I was sort of like, I am not doing this again. I got sort of dragged into this startup world that I wasn't planning on getting into. And I sort of wanted to get back on the med track, which was my goal from the start. And then somebody that I met along the way with intern me um, owned a web development company and he gave me a call and I knew this person, he's a very smart guy. Um, he, has a, he has his own web development company. He's done some really cool projects. He called me and he's like, Jaden, I saw what you were trying to do with uh, Intermi. Let's have a chat. So anyways, I went and had a coffee with him. We were talking. And then he turned around and he asked me, he's like, we should, like, do you want to do a company together? We should start a company. And then I pretty much said, there is no way in hell I'm doing another company. <laughs> this is not happening. And then he's like, come on, man, it'll be fast, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that was two years ago. So I sort of got tricked into this next company, but I love working with my co-founder and I love what we're doing. So in hindsight, I'm thankful for it. But at the start, I definitely pushed away and I didn't want to do another company because they're very, they're mega stressful and they're very time consuming, uh, resource heavy, like they're big beasts to kick off a company. It takes a lot of work. So um, yeah, but essentially we took what I learned from my first startup, which was all around recruitment, uh, recruitment, student and graduate employability, um, personal branding, 
So all of that type of stuff. And we combined it with what my co-founder was really knowledgeable um, in, and that was design technology, print technology, um, computer science related stuff. So pretty much the company we have now is um, a culmination of both of our previous startup companies and existing companies, and just merged into one. So the first company, my first failure was necessary to get this one up and running. So wow. maybe, it was, maybe it wasn't a failure, maybe it was a success. <laughs> it indeed, it indeed was. And um, I, I remember when we spoke earlier, you mentioned that, oh, I don't have much to talk about, but I think this is a lot to talk <laughs> about. And the reason yeah. I think you had varied experiences in your life in a short span of time, because you have taken that risk, uh, you have gone beyond uh, the normal norms of how people, you know, lead their life. It, it's not, I'm not trying to say that people should not lead the normal life, whatever suits everyone. But I think risk is a major factor that at some point of time you might have to take so that you can actually come out of a comfort zone and, you know, come across these situations. And once you do, you know how to handle it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I remember you just mentioned that you were in a very, very depressed phase and I'm sure it would have been very difficult to come out of it. Uh, what was the one thought at that point of time when you met uh, the co-founder that you were just talking about? Um, did did he motivate you or there was something in your mind that said that, okay, let me get on with this new venture? So pretty much, um, I was just, yeah, the first startup, I didn't know how to detach from failure. So I took it as a personal failure that the company I co-founded um, completely crashed to the ground and I couldn't separate myself from that failure. Like I took it as a personal failure. Um, the reason, so the second time around, I'd sort of, like if you do a company, you've got to be completely sure that your co-founder is, um, he has ultra high integrity, he's got a really good work ethic, he's not going to leave you high and dry, he's going to keep persisting, he's got the same, um, same hustle you do. So that's what I was looking for. First of all, I was interrogating him subtly to see if, he was, if we were compatible. Turns out we're ultra compatible. But the second thing is I completely was blown away with the talent he possessed in that area of web tech. So the only reason I did another company was because he asked me to. If it was anyone else, I would not have done it. So it's, yeah, it was literally because of this other guy that I said yes. Because it's such an important thing. You need to have a, knowledge, a knowledgeable team that's um, got a diversified skill set. You can't do everything yourself. There's no way. A great point that you made over here, another great point that you made over here was that teamwork is essential going mm -hmm. forward and knowing your teammates and having trust in them and understanding where people are coming from is very, very important. Mm -hmm. uh, also to have a vision with what you can bring forth uh, that kind of multiplies and enhances uh, the vision that both of you harbor. So that was really, really interesting to know. Thank you so much for taking us through your Roller coaster, right? It's a roller coaster. I just want to ask you to take us through your new venture. What is it all about and who is it for? Awesome. Um, so pretty much you got to look at the changing economic environment globally. So with the rise of technology, there's just disruption in every industry that can just happen overnight anywhere. That means that jobs are going to be going and just disappearing overnight. Some people that do a degree might graduate into an industry that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, also, so that means that people are going to have to self-manage their careers better. Also, the gig, the gig economy is rising rapidly, which talks about the um, autonomous professional sort of landscape. So everybody in, well, a lot of people in the US, 36% of them at the moment are gig workers. So they work for themselves. And there's going to be a bigger trend for this in the future. 
And especially since companies view, companies are starting to view people as more human and less like robotic workhorses in the industrial revolution. So looking at that landscape, it means that your personal brand is going to become ultra important. It's becoming synonymous with employability. The company we're working on now is a company that specializes in providing personal branding technology to help everybody achieve the highest tier of their personal brand. Um, the current the current status quo for um, job applications and employment and recruitment is a traditional resume. And it's a, it's a paper document with words on the page, really boring, has no images. It was actually created in the 15th century and the whole world, despite having AI and quantum physics, and all this other cool stuff still uses the traditional concept of a resume. So we're, we're sort of trying to revolutionize that and we're bringing in live interactive personal branding documents called a Zygodoc um, so that people can really show off their individuality and employers or people that want to work with them really know who they're working with, not just being exposed to words on a piece of paper. So, yeah. Request you to just repeat the name of the website so that people yes. can maybe Google it if they want to. Cool. Yeah, so the company website is www.zygiverse.com. Z-Y-G-A-V-E-R-S-E. Zygiverse. Awesome. And uh, so what I understand from your um, this resume you're building uh, offering that you have right now in the market, it's for like two sectors of people. First, it is for individual students yep. or anyone, any graduate. And second, it's for the companies or or yeah for the ventures who actually run career coaching services with resume building services, right? Yeah, definitely. So it's for all job seekers, anyone that wants to professionally brand themselves, but with built functionality that allows um, resume coaches, career coaches, professional development firms, um, even universities and schools to provide the resume building software to their members and collaborate with them through it. So lovely. Thank you for sharing that information because uh, I see that uh, we have a lot of people from all over the world, from US, Spain, France, Portugal, India, Australia, and from Canada listening to this podcast and they are quite young students. I can see they're from university recent past. So if you guys are listening, it's an amazing, amazing uh, resume building online platform and it's very simple. It also makes you understand what are the key aspects in your resume that's required. So go check it out and get in touch with Jaden if you would like to network. He's a friendly person. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just before we leave, I always ask all my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a quote or a saying or anything, any thought that you really resonate with, you resonate with. Cool. I've got two. So first of all, first of all, teamwork makes the dream work. So that's my one of my favorite ones. And the second one is a Chinese proverb. And it's pretty much genius can be recognized by childish simplicity. So it means that if you can really simplify something and make it so obvious um, to everyone around you, you really, really understand it at a different level. Spoken yeah. like a true entrepreneur. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, Jaden, for coming today for to my first step ever and actually taking us through your immensely, immensely engaging and insightful journey. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Wasn't this episode so good? It was high on energy and high on insights. 
I extremely love chatting to Jaden today and I see that a lot of us have taken a lot of insights from this particular story. I know that it is not easy to start anything new and I think it's okay to be in whichever phase that you are in your life. I, the only thing that counts and the reason that we have such stories is just to make you understand there are people in this world who are also still trying. They are trying, they're failing, but then picking themselves again and again. So here this quote out. It says, failures are the X factors to your unique story. The harder you fall and the faster you pick yourself up will define your unique story. And this is something that I have penned down after interacting with so many amazing people. It is not the position that they hold that has attracted me today, but the journey that they have taken to get that position because that is what they had ever dreamt of. <laughs> so my friends, I hope you've been enjoying these episodes or if you want to nominate someone, please do let me know. You can join my first step ever underscore I N on Instagram and shoot me a message and tell me who would you like to hear on this podcast next. Mm-hmm.